Number one day is Thursday, February 8, 2024. This is the week in charts. I just want to thank all you guys and girls for attending. Looks like the word is getting out. Our numbers are going up steadily. Thank goodness. If you do want to reach this show live, DaveLandry.com, DaveLandry.com slash webinar, or you can go to my YouTube channel at Dave Landry. So what are we talking about? Well, obviously, current market conditions, your questions on trading. If you put in stock picks, just put them in one at a time so I know which ones that I've covered. You can also put in crypto picks. If you don't mind, wait to the live charts. That way I'll, I'll see them all. I'm going to continue my series on things that I wish someone would have told me. And I'm pretty excited about this series. There's a lot of little things, as you'll see tonight, that you could do that will greatly improve your performance. And I'm just scratching the surface here. I'm really excited about that. I want to talk a little bit more about how it's not about the crypto trading and trading is trading. I'll show you some recent crypto trades. I really hadn't set the world on fire lately with crypto. I've been kind of treading water. And I'm going to get to that when we get to the topic this week on things that I wish someone would have told me a long time ago. There's all my contact information if you need to reach me. All right, this is Flame Screen, as you know. You can lose money trading or as often sum it up. All predictions are about the future and a lot of stuff can happen between now and then. Thank you, Greg Morris, for that. All right, so it's not about the crypto. Trading is trading. You're dealing with the emotions of the other traders. And as I preach, you're trading traders, not markets. And that's why technical analysis works, not all the time, but over time, because you're reading the emotions of the um, of the market. And if you're a good trader, you're not getting too caught up in those emotions. You sort of kind of see it from an antiseptic type of viewpoint, a little bit more detached. You have to be clinically dispassionate as physicians often say anyway we talked about this one a few weeks ago i just want to show you real quick bought it here just because it was going up and then the ipt was 20 percent as i've been saying quite a bit lately these crypto pairs especially these shit coins shyt coins are so loud and crazy that you could pretty much use a 20 percent initial profit target as opposed to looking at the volatility of the market and working through it now in bitcoin that probably won't work because it's a more mature market but some of these wild and crazy ones will go 100% overnight. And as you'll see in a few minutes, a few of them have done just that, or especially over time. Anyway, half was sold. There's the trades down below. And then stopped out on the remainder on the way back down. Well, that's better than the poke in the eye. I'll take that any day of the week. Now, here's a dangerous or, or can be dangerous, at least in your head, type of trade. It, stock came down and formed a pullback and begin to rally out of that pullback. So I got back long once again, and those are my parameters. You can see I got in around 20.06. I think I have the actual trades here in one second. The IPT is 20% and it hit the IPT and now it's coming back in. And it might be another better than the poke in the eye trade, but so what? If you continue to trade, especially like this, as you'll see in a few minutes, eventually you'll knock it out of the park. Yeah, so there's the trades there. You can see I got back in at 20.06, flipped it out 20% higher, and then maybe I'll get stopped out. Maybe not. We'll see what happens. But the stop is around break even now. Now, here's one where I bought it. When did I buy this one? I think I bought it. Let's see if I've got the trades in here. I think I bought it yesterday or today. Let's see, 2.07. So that was yesterday. So I bought it yesterday, and you can see this is an open IPT, initial profit target. Hasn't been hit yet, but let's just see what happens. And I do want to, I did want to show you this one because it's early into the trade. So you don't think, well, you're just showing me this stuff in hindsight. And we do talk about some of these in Facebook, obviously. Now, here's another one you can see, SUI. It pulled back, and this is almost a textbook sort of pullback. We talked about this one last week. It hit the IPT. Those are the trades down below. And then with this one, the reason I wanted to show you again and zoom in on it is I'm using just the core methodology. Now, as I've talked about before, because this is an emerging market and everything's so wild and crazy, and you bull bear, you bull bear, you bull bear, my cage just slipped out. People are like, you don't sound cage. Well, every night it'll slip out. <laughs> this market looks bad. I'll say something like that. But your bull bear cycles can be compressed and, and pretty amazing 
how quickly they happen. Right when you think you're in this horrible bear market in crypto, it goes straight back up. Now, when it's in straight up mode, and I need to go back and look at my trades. I bet I took this trade here. I hope I did at least when it was breaking out nicely. You can be a breakout trader or a relative strength trader, same thing sort of, where you're just buying markets that are going up. Now, I don't recommend you do that in stocks unless we get into like a 1999 type of market. And if we do, you might never see my fat ass again after learning many lessons over the last 20 something years. Anyway, you can see that it took off and then it pulled back and it's almost a Landry light pullback. Now keep in mind, I trade pullbacks. I don't just trade Landry light pullbacks, but the reason I've been so into Landry light pullbacks lately and talk about, talking about them so much is because it's easy to recognize, it's easy to, not that you wanna quantify everything, but it's easy to quantify. You could put some scans together that'll help you find these things. And then the secret sauce is learning how to pick the best ones. Now, how do you learn how to pick the best ones? Well, find a hundred examples, find some that worked, find some that didn't work, find some that failed miserably, ideally. And it's a little hard to play devil's advocate when you're looking for good stuff, right? But you have to do it. And that's how you learn how to pick. And you want things like acceleration, persistency, ability for the stock or other market to trade cleanly, et cetera. Now, here's the TIA, my buys off, as you can see. But it was way down here. Uh, this was the buy and the red line. And then that little green line there was the IPT. And so far, so good. There's all the trades. We've talked about this before. And this was a very small position. And this is in one of my smaller crypto accounts. And you don't need a whole lot of money to trade crypto. And that's one of my points. But you can see this thing has taken off nicely. So far, it's up around 550%. So that's better than a poke in the eye, much better than a poke in the eye. So stop is, I don't have an official stop in place, but if I did, it'd be somewhere below the 30 EMA. And this is what makes it all worthwhile. You catch an occasional big winner like this. So I'm still hanging on for now to an old friend and let's just see what happens. So if you're liking this video, like and subscribe. If you don't like it, then go have no fun somewhere else. <laughs> there, I asked. <laughs> now, lately I've been doing a series on things that I wish someone would have told me, as I've said quite a bit. And if you want to screenshot this, fine. And I've, I've added so much to it since then. But this was the original list that I woke up uh, several weeks ago and wrote down. And I've been slowly fleshing them out one by one. And every time I go to cover a few more of these, I think of a few more things. So this it, it keeps growing and growing and growing. One thing that I thought about last week is breaking even is underrated. Somebody will look and take like a like a snapshot of my trading service. And they're like, well, Dave, you kind of sucked over this four or five month period. I was like, well, thanks for telling me that. I didn't know that. <laughs> but if I kind of broke even over that period, or at least sort of kept my head barely above the water, then that's setting me up for a possible success. And a lot of times, some people will look at something like that and they'll fail to see that we just had a huge winner which made the portfolio go up 15 or 20% or whatever the case may be. And now we're back to like grind it out mode. And that's just how it is. But lately somebody is uh, on a private uh, message basis. I've been working with someone, uh, a client and helping him do some crypto trading. And he was having a hard go of it. But overall, I think he was breaking even or make a little, lose a little, make a little, lose a little. And then he finally caught a big winner. And I think now it's beginning to click. And the other thing is a side note, as I said a minute ago, the crypto market, the bull bear cycles happen so quickly. He came in after a great relative strength cycle where I was absolutely printing money. Go back and look at some of the weekly charts from I guess late last fall. And then now it's a little bit more grinded out and every now and then you'll catch one like this. So obviously at its peak, which is no longer at its peak, it's, it's pulled back deeply as you can see. But at his peak, he was up over 347%. And he was taking, I, I told him, he was saying, well, what do I do? And I was like, well, take profits at 100%. He goes, well, I'm already up 100%. <laughs> take profits at the next 100%. I'm like, well, yeah, why not? You know, take some 
not all, but take, take a little bit off in case you get like a crazy spike move like this. You could put in a, let's say when it was at, uh, let's see, 47, he bought it at one, uh, he bought it at 47 cents if memory serves. So maybe put in like a 200% or 300% point where you'll take off just something small, like a hundred dollars or a couple hundred dollars or whatever. And on these big spikes overnight, you'll get paid. Anyway, looking at my trading service, there's one big one. I wouldn't say big winner, but decent winner. It's up 50% so far, 15% on the first loaf and 50% on the second. So that's a decent winner. Maybe this RYTM will turn into something. Maybe VTSI. The SRUUF, I doubt that I'm going to get, I'm going to get rich off of that trade. And a lot of clients didn't take it. I only have like 100 shares of it. Usually I'll take whatever's at least in here. And I will take these trades across multiple accounts, but I do try to set up a model to where if somebody says, hey, Dave, where'd you get in on VTSI? I could show them 800 shares at or around that entry point. And if they use a little discretion, I could show them why. And then maybe this one down here could be the next big winner. Now, getting back to breaking even, is underrated this is not to say that you want to aim low like oh i want to break even no you want to make ten thousand percent at least on your trades but you don't want to accept mediocrity under the guise of chipping away at it so that's what i'm getting at is that you don't want to say well i'm break even that's all i need to do no no no, no. you you want to make a lot of money over time but over intervals of time, especially if you're newer to trading, you will have a lot of downtime, you will have a lot of flat time, and then you'll actually have some drawdowns, obviously. Now, the good thing is, without getting too far sidetracked, imagine that, the good thing is if you do go to a drawdown with trend following, then as long as you're more and more selective on your new positions, that drawdown should eventually stop. And you should, well, because your positions will stop out, right? So all your positions will stop out, worst case scenario. And then you just become super selective on putting on new ones if the market is just chopping around and you're not seeing a whole lot of setups. But do not accept mediocrity under the guise of chipping away at it. Anthony Bourdain, Bourdain once said that mediocrity is the greatest sin. And I've taken that ball and ran with it, run with it. Somebody needs to school me on that. <laughs> That's why it was so hard for me to learn uh, or try to learn at least foreign languages, uh, languages especially uh, my Italian, uh, just because I get all these little things mixed up. So anyway, but uh, don't accept mediocrity. Anthony Bourdain said that mediocrity was the greatest sin. And then I've taken that and I've expanded it into a, a fairly sizable topic, which I'll eventually publish either through random charts or through a book I'm working on that I've been working on forever. Now, again, don't aim low, but do learn how to wait for something and learn how to wait. And, and I guess a lot of trading is learning how to wait. And you need to find something to keep you busy. Ideally, you want to do some research and research, not, not holy grail type of research, but research what you're doing. Let's say you're trading Landry light pullbacks, well, then go in and find those 100 Landry light pullbacks. Find them in choppy markets, find them in trending markets. If you're really bored, go in and look at the archives. I'll give you a link to that in just one second. Somebody a couple of days ago threw up one. Uh, sounds kind of nasty. <laughs> he put one up in Facebook that was 20 years old and asked me what I thought about it. And I gave him my two cents, obviously. So make sure you have something to kind of bide your time in the meantime. Now, if you're working hard and following the process and grinding it out, then you're getting closer and closer and closer to the next big winners. And I had a, a cassette tape from a TAG conference, technical analysis group, which no longer exists. It was something else, and then it was something else, and then it became Traders Expo, I believe. It was kind of a pinch me moment. I attended a TAG in 90-something, early 90s. And then less than 10 years later, I was actually speaking at these things. But anyway, not to, not to let my narcissism come out, but that's just kind of a pinch me moment. I'm excited for me for being able to do that. But anyway, from that conference, I walked away with a tape, a cassette tape from uh, Mark Douglas. 
And in that tape, he talked about the difference between a good salesman and a bad salesman. I know I've told the story a thousand times, but it's such a good story. He says that a bad salesman will make a few phone calls and get rejected a couple times, and then he'll go drink his lunch because he's depressed. A good salesman will make a couple of phone calls. He'll get rejected a few times, and he'll go make a good, uh, make him a big cup of coffee, and then sit down and say, "Next, here I go. I know I'm getting closer and closer to that sale because it's a numbers game. So if you're grinding it out and it feels like you're not really getting anywhere, but you're doing a really good job." following the process. I saw Linda Rasky speak a while back and she talked about someone who had a trading system and I think it was a little bit more mechanical. And at the end of each day, he didn't say how much money did he did we make? He said, how much, how well did we follow the process? So again, if you're following the process and grind it out, then even if you have a few losers, you're getting closer and closer to the next big winners. Now if you are profitable overall, then you are successful. And that's why I'm saying that breaking even is underrated. You do want to work to get better and better and better and possibly become a little bit more selective, study the market, study the market, study the market. Just say, you know what? This market has just chopped sideways. I'm a trend follower. I better take only the F yeah setups until this market begins to take off again. I'm looking at a bunch of crypto, okay, for example, and there's only a few pairs that are rallying or, or you go to uh, my new favorite tool, I've got it on this monitor over here, is uh, CryptoBubbles.net. I just love this little thing, the stupid little bubbles that show you all the crypto. I think I showed it in one of my presentations a while back. We could pull it up here in a minute live. And, and that's kind of like a cool little tool to show you what's going on. And when that thing is solid red, you know it's not a good time to be playing that relative strength trading. Now, if it's red, you got a couple of really nice green ones in there, maybe pullback playing might be worth worth uh, worth a shot. And that's the reason why I keep coming back to crypto, even though I have tiny amounts of money in crypto. I think it's a, a, a great way to learn how to trade without blowing through a whole bunch of money. Yes, it's risky. But as I've said before, us older guys who have been around a little while, we understand money management. We know that bull markets don't come around every day. You got to make hay when the sun shines, and then you have to sit on your hands a lot, all those things that I preach. And again, those cycles happen so fast there, you can run through it. But anyway, the point I was trying to make there is if you go back and look and the screens are red over a period or you're, you're, you've got a, a big blue arrow going sideways, then you're like, aha, I'm a trend guy. It's going sideways. Let me get more and more selective. Now, one thing that this sort of reminded me of, and again, I keep going off on tangents because each thing reminds me of something else. And that thing is that you're closer than you think. If you're not successful, and you are working hard, and you are doing something that's conceptually correct, and you are following proper money management, and you are being clinically dispassionate, and you are documenting things, and I'll give you a few more little tools here in just one second, you're doing all these great things, then you might be a lot closer than you think. And you might just be one minor tweak away, and that could be something like you're picking stocks that aren't really accelerating in their trends or your net net price movement really isn't that much you're like well dave it's a landry life pullback isn't that a great setup it's a great setup but only if you pick the best and leave the rest one example that i give quite often is if you're getting stopped out a lot i've had several people over the years i think one was 19 one was 21 and others were somewhere in between but double digits like dave it just got stopped out 20 something times in a row, I'm like, okay, well, there's two potential problems. One, your stops are too tight. I have fixed, so to speak, a lot of people just by telling them to loosen their stops. And the market doesn't care what your risk is. The market has its own risk parameters, its own volatility. So if you're looking at something that's bouncing around three or four points a day, and you're like, well, I'm just going to risk a point and see what happens. Well, I can all but guarantee 
you're going to get stopped out on that noise alone. Now, this isn't to say throw caution to the wind. You want to adjust your share size down accordingly. You could take, I think it's um, it's under members resources and I think I have it, it not behind the firewall and I'll put a link up in the comments below. But I think it's uh, daylander.com slash members resources. I don't know if there's a dash or not between it. But I have a spreadsheet there and you could take that spreadsheet and you could punch the numbers in. You could see as your stop widens, your share size is going to come down drastically. I think, especially if you're getting started, you're you're much better off using an, an almost overly wide stop and trading much, 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 much fewer shares than trying to go in and get it just right. And I think that way you're going to catch more and more winners. And again, like I've said before, and I think I just said a minute ago, I fixed a lot of people, so to speak, by telling them to loosen their stops a little bit and make sure you're outside of the normal noise. That's one little tweak, as you'll see in just a minute or two. Trading is is just making little tweaks. It's not these grand epiphanies, okay? And every now and then you'll get a little epiphany, but for the most part, it's a bunch of little bitty tweaks. And the other thing, again, your stock selection, as I said a second ago, could could possibly need a little bit of improvement. Now, one thing I often say is, when you're doing your post-mortem, no matter what happens, it's a good thing, okay? If you look at the stock and say, what the hell was I thinking? Congratulations, you are beginning to get it. It's starting to click with you, okay? And then the the greatest thing that can happen is you do your post-mortem on a losing trade and you look at it and say, well, that Trade looked fine. There's not a damn thing wrong with it. If I saw that trade tomorrow, I would take it again. So that's when you sort of have graduated and you're beginning, it's really beginning to click. Now, logic doesn't often apply. And I'm sure if you've been trading for more than a day, you've probably noticed this. A stock has great earnings and tanks. A stock has shitty earnings and takes off. A stock that wouldn't know a fundamental if it bit them in the ass. And that's my favorite stock okay quadruples over a relatively short period of time so yeah it's davelander.com slash members slash members dash resources thank you jeff appreciate that so again a stock that wouldn't know a fundamental for hitting the butt most ipos have horrible fundamentals they usually have a little cash going in but other than that the fundamentals really aren't that great they don't, don't really have earnings or whatever they're the promise of the future. And that's what I named my IPO course, the promise of the future. They trade purely on emotions and that's what makes it such a great market to trade. And that's one of my favorite things. As I sort of joked in the final bar and I've said many, many times before, one day I'm going to invent a trading system that's gonna use fundamentals, but the criteria for the fundamentals is the, it, it'll use technicals too, right? So the technicals will be, it's gonna have to be a great setup, like a Langerlite setup, a TKO, bow tie, whatever. And the stock will have to have crappy fundamentals. And I had a couple of my clients said, well, Dave, I think you've already invented that system. But I'd, I'd be willing to bet that if you took stocks with horrible fundamentals that had momentum, you would do much better than stocks with good fundamentals and momentum. And I'd be willing to, I'd be willing to encourage you to do that research. And I think you'd be pretty amazed. Now, along the lines of logic not applying, themes make a lot of sense when it comes to the market. Unfortunately, and this is just my empirical research here, maybe you found something different, maybe you're a little better than me, but 99 out of 100 never work. So you would think like, okay, it's logical. Let's Let's sell short coal companies because Everybody's going to be driving electric cars. Well, I guess it's a bad argument because you need the coal to power electric cars, which you'll see in one second. But as a general statement, you don't want to seek out themes, but you do want to let the themes find you. And that's another advantage of technical analysis, performance-based technical analysis, okay? Buying strong stocks and shorting weak ones, okay? So I remember when this IPO came public, I skipped the first pioneer setup, so to speak. It was a buy a D type of pattern. 
And I'm like, you know, this is a brick and mortar retailer. I don't know so much about uh, this thing. And this was like in the middle of the pandemic. And it's like, I don't know about this. And then it just took off and went up and up and up and up and up. And then it pulls back nicely and it gives me a setup. And I said, you know what? It's a setup. I'm a technician. I guess I'll take it. And this was recommended a trading service. And it turned out to be one of our bigger winners. So the buy was there. We took initial profits there. And then we rode it out for a pretty long time. And it wasn't the biggest winner ever, but it wasn't bad. 129%, 130% round numbers. And about 9K overall, which gives you, on a hypothetical 100K, gives you a 9% return on your account. Better than a poke in the eye. One or two of these makes you a year, right? Well, it turns out people got sick of being inside and they wanted to go out and buy kayaks and do all these other things. Now, here's that coal company. And I'm like, a coal miner? Are you serious in this day and age? And I know I had one client, I don't want to pick on him, but I had one client after it was up about 300%, he says, yeah, I didn't take that one. I'm like, why not? And he's like, well, I don't like coal companies. And it's like, okay, well, if you want to be a trader, you be a trader, I take the money you make off the coal company and I don't know, buy some environmental credits or 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 do something good for the environment, go plant some tr trees or something, you know? You can't you can't have a bias where you don't buy certain stocks for certain things if you are to be a trader and especially me as a technical analysis purist and as a service provider, if there's something I like regardless of the industry, I have to show you what I'm seeing and I have to take it, just close my eyes. I might not like what the company does, but hey, if they're going up, I could make a little money in the process, maybe. So if you want to see the, those were taken from the archives, davelearner.com slash archives from a trading service. If you want to see it in real, real time, davelearner.com slash trading service, all one word. Now, here's, here's the thing that took me years to learn. And I think this is probably one of your bigger takeaways tonight is don't expect a huge epiphany don't expect the holy grail or some kind of magic bullet or whatever what's going to make you a good trader is a million little things and and you know what kills me is a lot of these little things i, I forget to do sometimes and i need to put reminders in place and commitment devices as you'll see in one second in place to make sure i'm doing them but there's so many tiny tiny things that you can do to become better and better and better as a trader and become more consistently profitable. So you really need to think big and act small. And I've written this quite a bit, written about this quite a bit on my website where I write about affirmations and I'll, I'll see if I could dig up the affirmations, random thoughts and put it in my newsletter for next week. Actually newsletter goes out tomorrow and Saturday. So think big, act small, and by that, I'm referring to a, a Kaizen-type approach. I don't know if I have the book handy. Uh, the Kaizen Way and um, Robert somebody, I think. I forget his name at, this, at, at the moment, but I saw him speaking. He was really, really good, and it's a, it's a great book. If you go to davelander.com slash books-2-read, you could check out the book. It's a little short uh, book, one-sitter. We're really good. And um, I have pages upon pages upon pages of all types of Kaizen things that I need to do. I, I have a digital notebook that I use for all that stuff. And I need to figure out a way to get them more and more organized. And I've been working on that pretty hard. But there's so many little things you can do. I'll give you an example. As I talked about, I think I said it, I say this example often. And I said it yesterday in the final bar with Dave Keller. I kept losing money every time I'd walk in my office. Now, I preach against day trading, but I'm here all day. And I think that maybe I could do a little intraday trading here and there, a little intraday trend following, use the same sort of concepts of momentum and pullbacks, et cetera, intraday. And sometimes it works well, sometimes it doesn't. Like anything, if I wait and wait and wait, I print money. But I I lose money in between not waiting, okay? But anyway, long story endless, what I discovered was for some strange reason through documentation, I noticed that when I would get back 
to my office, after leaving my office, I tended to do a lot of frivolous trading and I tended to lose money almost on 100% of those trades. And I wasn't sure why, but I made a note of it and then I began to put in a little bit of a delay between me and my trading when I walked back into my office. And somewhere around that time, I think it was, his name is Irely. I should have looked up the book, but he's got a couple of good books. He's one of my favorite behavioral scientists. I like uh, Malcolm Gladwell. I like Irely. I like the aforementioned gentleman that did Kaizen Way. If somebody does his name, let me know so I can give him credit. Um, those are good. Those are pretty good ones when it comes to the, the behavioral finance and psychology that I would highly recommend you read. But anyway, I believe it was in Irely's book because he's an Israeli, so that makes the most sense where he talked about the hangry judge effect. It basically, you would get much harsher sentences if you were sentenced before lunch and much more lenient sentences after lunch. So if you've been if you've been convicted, see if you could get Robert Marr. Thank you, thank you. So Robert Marr was the uh, the Kaizen way. He's got a he's got another book called Mastering Fear. It's even smaller. I don't have it handy. But uh, it's, it's a good book, too, and it does apply a lot to trading. So anyway, long story endless, after reading that early book, I realized that, well, wait a minute. I am hangry. I have a bit of a sugar problem. I've never been diagnosed, but I know I have it. I just have to manage it. First thing I do in the morning, I put a little protein powder in the car, a coffee, a little uh, coconut oil and some nuts, uh, some Brazil nuts to uh, just get, get something in me so I have a little sugar to run my brain. Your brain uses a lot of sugar. And I'm also learning, and I'm getting sidetracked here, imagine that, but I'm also learning, I'm listening to a book by Quick, and I do plan on buying it and reading it. It's pretty good. My only, the name of that book is Limitless. My only gripe so far, it's a wonderful book, but he's it's one of those books that they're always telling you what they're going to tell you instead of just tell you. Um, and, and that's one of my pet peeves when it comes to books. But other than that, it's a wonderful book. The audio is excellent. I'd highly recommend you get that one too. It's called Limitless by Quick. Again, long story endless. So I realized that the reason I was making these frivolous trades was I was hangry leaving the market or leaving my screens, okay? And when and nothing looked good, ah, this effing market, you know? And then I'd go eat breakfast or go eat lunch, whatever the case may be. And I come in and I'm like, oh yeah, it all looks beautiful because I was very happy afterwards and feeling good. Now, getting back to the Kaizen things, and that's little one little thing. So whenever I walk into the office, the first thing I write into my trading journal, I write the time and I write W-I-T-O. That stands for walk in the office. So I just walked in the office. If I make a trade within five minutes of that time, I've gotta be really, really careful to make sure that what I'm seeing, I'm really seeing. It's, it's a lot about getting to know yourself and like documentation, as I'll get to in one second, could really, not like documentation, documentation could really help you to unearth a lot of these things. But little simple things like set alerts, okay? So let's say you forget to put your orders in on a stock or whatever. Well, make sure you put an alert in that doesn't go away at your entry. So you'll get an alert and put it close, put it uh, below your entry so you get an alert long before it triggers to remind you to get into that stock. And that's, again, it's one of those little things that I don't remember, I think it was, um, I wanna say it was KNF, which is one of our, which is our biggest winner right now in the portfolio. I, I put in orders every day to buy it, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day for a week or so. And I'm thinking like, this thing's never gonna trigger. And I didn't bother putting my order in one day. And luckily, somebody in Facebook, my Facebook group, pointed out that it just triggered or whatever, and it, it hadn't gone too far from the entry before I, I jumped in. So there you have it right there. One tiny little thing. The difference between a big gainer in my accounts, multiple accounts, and not just the model account, and a zero, and a lot of mental anguish was or could have been just putting that alert in. And in, in that case, I got lucky I got off the hook when I was at the retreat with Charlie Kirk years ago down in St. Lucia, he had invited me to, to be the guest of honor, which was, um, I know it sounds a little, 
again, there's a narcissist, narcissistic saying that, but it, but I'm flattered by doing it, uh, by being able to to go there. And anyway, somebody pointed out that you get your little notebook and write shame on the front and write down the things you do that or that you shouldn't be doing when you do them. And as you start filling that notebook up, you'll realize you have become the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different outcomes. So set alerts. Alerts are your best friend. Um, I set a timer five minutes before the open so I don't miss the open. I set a timer five minutes before the closing. I set a timer at a half an hour before the close, which, and here's a, here's another little thing I forget to do. Some days I forget to set that timer. I get really busy. I'm going to be on the final bar or I got a deadline or I'm so busy uh, watching the screen, probably when I shouldn't watch the screen, I forget to do my IPO analysis. It's almost like I'm thinking I need to put out a service every day to where I have to stop an hour before the market closes and do that service just so it would force me to do the homework. So that would be quite the commitment device. I'm not ready to go that far, but I am ready to, especially after doing this presentation, to make sure I set that alarm for every day at 2.30. And, and you know, just kind of as a side note, imagine that and you go off on a tangent. As a side note, and this is probably one of the things I'll flesh out in further presentations, but when you're new to trading, you think that somebody who's well-seasoned has it all figured out, and, and they don't, okay? And they have a pretty good idea what they're doing, but they still make a lot of stupid mistakes like I'm admitting to you right now, okay? It happens. Spell with a silent SH. I've already demonetized, so I guess shit happens. <laughs> but anyway, you need to set set timers for the opening, closing, or whatever some sort of analysis needs to be done. Now, truth be told, we had a big. I I occasionally play uh, trade a pattern called Russian dolls, and that's where you have a setup that's set up as a pullback, especially if it's a good looking setup. And if the stock begins to take off intraday, I might go in with a small position share size and take a trade. And we had one a couple days ago, somebody pointed out on Facebook, in my Facebook group, Dave Landry's Trend Traders, you have to be a, at least a gold member of Dave Landry to participate. But somebody pointed out that stock was up four points. I was like, oh, damn. So I was thinking, especially right before it went live, like I could have bought maybe a thousand shares at least of this stock. And that would have been a $3,000 day. At least, I thought I'd just done that at one account, it'd be $3,000. So that's a, that was a little hard to stomach. And all I would have had to do for that would be A, set an alarm. Okay, that'd be the best thing to do. That's free. Or at least put it in a watch list on my quote screen where I take a look at what's the hot stocks and what's not. And I have those sorted by relative strength. So when I remember, I punch in my Landry list. So that's where you need to make little things. Again, a million little things make them a habit. And I would encourage you to brainstorm some little things that you could do. So one of my little things I need to do is maybe every night before I go home or every morning as soon as I get here, take those stocks out of my Landry list and put them in a small Landry list over on my quote screen and then keep an eye on them and then possibly go through them live and, and put some alerts in. And that in and of itself will keep you a lot of trouble. Um, you know, today, for instance, the market's just kind of chopping around and um, I, I did too much trading, admittedly, but one thing that I did and do to keep me out of trouble in a case like this, and again, I'm just kind of spitballing here, but I'll put like a alert on the bottom of the range and the top of the range, and as long as the market's stuck at a range, I'm going to sit on my hands, or at least try to sit on my hands. So let the alerts watch the screen for you. Let the alerts... Uh, let your your orders enter for you, okay? Like I was telling this gentleman earlier with this crypto stock, it's like, okay, well, put in a limit order at something wild and crazy. So if it does shoot up 100% more overnight, you take it off a couple hundred more dollars, okay? You're getting that free money. And then maybe put in a hard stop. And then that way the market makes the decisions for you. Let's say you're looking at a stock and, and of course you do use a little discretion, but you're looking at a stock and let's say the entry is, I don't know, 12, right? And the stock opens at 11.50. Well, it bounces around a little bit and doesn't seem to be doing anything. Put in your hard order, a stop entry order, okay? At the entry price of 12 and then go about your life, okay? So 
There's a million little things you could do. And I'd be interested to hear in the comments below. Let me know. Let me do some of the little things that you're doing. Maybe I can learn from you. Like I said, I don't I don't have it all figured out, but I'm working on it. Now you need to commit, create minor commitment devices and then make those a habit. Now the, the commitment device story I've told a thousand times and I'll probably tell a thousand more. A friend of mine, a trader friend of mine was getting a little pudgy like a lot of us traders do from sitting around all day. And he wanted to start working out. So he found a kid that was really into working out and he, I don't know if he paid the kid's gym membership, but I seem to think that he did. He said, look, I'm gonna pay your membership to your gym. And all I want in return is I want to ride to the gym every day. And here's the clincher. If you pass my house and it's 7.01 and I'm not sitting on that front porch waiting for you, I will give you $20 cash for every day I'm not sitting on that porch. So this guy, I'm sure he's probably getting there at 6.55 and waiting to see if he comes out at 7 and then he takes off at 7.01 with his 20 bucks. So that's a commitment device, but they don't have to be such crazy ones like that. Again, it could be like a five minute delay after walking in the office or even a two minute delay. And it could be something as simple as, okay, I like this stock and it's going up and I don't wanna miss out, but let me put a stop entry order just a little bit higher than the market. And yeah, every now and then you'll get the high tick, but you're gonna be shocked at how many times that market will stall just short of your order and implode. And it makes you realize that maybe you were getting a little too caught up in the flickering ticks. You're getting drawn to the screen like a moth where everything just looks fantastic or that one particular stock is creating this extreme FOMO. And by the way, like I said a minute ago, maybe if I wait a minute or two or five minutes, whatever, after walking the office, right? Your amygdala down deep in your brain, the flight or fight little part of your brain that controls the rest of what's sloshing around up there, I can't control it. It takes about three seconds to get from there to the rest of your brain, a little neurology at work. So if you do find yourself getting ready to jump into the market, take a deep breath, or as I've said before, and I dug this out for a presentation the other day, I have a little Arab, um, I think it came out of a Cessna or something. Uh, a little clock here, you just wind a clock, and that comes from Greg Morse, and he talked about back when he was in the fighter pilot simulators, they try to they try to screw you up to where you're flipping the wrong levers or whatever, or pushing the wrong buttons, and crash the simulator, and after a few crashes of the simulator, he realized he's going to have to slow down a little bit, and so what he would do in a, in a situation when everything's beeping and going crazy and lights are flashing, he would wind the clock, reach over to the dash, wind the clock, and that would give them that few seconds to, to take a more whole brain approach to fixing the problem or dealing with the problem, so to speak. And even when he was uh, later in life flying uh, jumbo jets, whenever they would have an issue, he would, he would take steps. He would actually touch the dash or whatever you call it uh, because the clocks are digital now, obviously. But he would touch the dash and that would give him a couple of seconds to think through the problem and not do something rash, like shut down the wrong engine if an engine's on fire or whatever. Then you end up with no engines and, and the plane goes down. Anyway, you'll have to come up with your own commitment devices, but I'll be happy to share any of the ones I can think of. And if you leave me comments and let me know what you're doing, I'll, I'd, I'd love to learn from you and share that with everybody else. Now, one of the little secrets, it's just another little thing, is you wanna document, 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 document your trades, but also document your emotions and then also get to know yourself. And I can't beat the dead horse enough on this. And I talked about it in yesterday's final bar and I'd be willing to bet if you go in and watch every final bar, except the ones where I'm just talking about charts, I probably brought it up again because I know Dave Keller does the same thing. Wake up and write three handwritten pages. It could be anything. I'm tired, I stayed up too late, I watched a stupid movie. You know, just get all that crap out your head and by listening to this book by Quick Limitless, I'm realizing how freaking important that is to kind of warm your brain up a little bit and not go into the straight distraction on everything. And I have to say, I'm only about a third of the way through this thing, but a lot of the bad behaviors, which creates a lot of uh, uh, brain issues, so to speak, I don't want to say mental issues as a negative connotation, but 
like depleting your glucose and your prefrontal cortex and all that. That's from for multitasking and switching too much, something I'm really guilty of doing. And it's like, aha, that's why I'm so burnt out on some days at the end of the day. So little epiphanies like that will come to you over time. But uh, definitely document everything so you can figure out what's going on and definitely do those morning pages. It's probably one of the hardest things you've ever done, but it gets easier and easier. And like I told Dave Keller yesterday in Final Bar, I actually look forward to waking up and writing. That's sort of what gets me out of bed. I'm like, oh, I got to deal with this. I got to deal with that. It's like, well, let me just get up and write for a little while and see how, see how I feel. Anyway, a couple of random thoughts. Like I said a minute ago, I think each one of these topics can be turned into chapters in and of uh, themselves. So I'm just kind of scratching the surface here. I would, I would encourage you to take this information and then expand upon it. And then, of course, pay attention to future presentations as, as I'll flesh them out more and more as I go off on tangents. <laughs> Somebody once told me, I think it was a compliment, he says, uh, he says, you know, you try to tell me something, it, it doesn't always click, but when you go off those tangents, I, I get a lot out of that. I get a lot more out of that than what you're actually trying to tell me. Anyway, so embrace and accept these concepts, and, and that's going to help you out tremendously, and then seek to obviously learn more and more about each one. So read the book on Kaizen, uh, listen to or read the book Limitless that I'm talking about currently reading, uh, listening to now, eventually we'll read and uh, any other books that I mentioned earlier, and that's going to help kind of get to know yourself and get to know how your brain works, et cetera. And, of course, document everything so you can learn more and more about yourself. And this, I think this is huge that it's just a bunch of little tiny things, and it's not just big one epiphany. It's not like somebody has a secret. Like I said before, nobody knows exactly what a market will do. Not me, not you, and... Not you, not me, and not the guy who screams on TV. So I think that's a huge thing, that it's it's just a bunch of little things, and I think anyone could do it. Now, here's a caveat. I thought I literally put this in last minute. That's why the slide didn't have the, the correct animation, is that you're going to have to want it. Like one time I had a, and I've told the story a thousand times, one of my clients was struggling, but he would every now and then just print money and he knew how to trade, but he would do a lot of stupid stuff. And I said, look, just follow my service mechanically and hold yourself accountable to your wife. Tell her, hey, look, this guy's this guy sucks for a while, but then he prints money and then he sucks again. It's it's that's just what trend trading is all about. Okay. You're on fire, but then you're not, and then you're on fire again. Was it uh Brian Gelber? Three months out of year, you're hot, you're so hot, you can't sleep at night, but you're so damn hot. Three months out of a year, you're you're cold. You can't hit the side of the barn from inside the barn. And then the rest of the six months of the year, you grind it out. Make a little, lose a little, make a little, lose a little. And you wonder if you're ever going to get any serious traction. Well, that's the life of a trader. So kind of explained that process to her. And you know, I went on and on. And uh, he finally interrupted me. And he said, he said, you know, he says, no, 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 that went into marriage. And that was him admitting that he was not going to follow that plan let alone hold himself accountable and have somebody else hold him accountable. So you want to learn how to trade? Have somebody hold you accountable, okay? I have a, a friend of mine that I've met in more recent years, and he's he's not a, a trader per se, but he's picked up traders uh, trading by working with a lot of traders over the years, kind of a behind-the-scenes kind of guy. And he's done exactly just that. He's like, okay, he told his wife, this is how much money – we're putting aside for trading. This is how much I'm going to risk on each trade. And if we, if I blow through this um, amount of money, and it wasn't a huge amount of money, if I blow through this amount of money, I'm done. It's like, wow, that's huge to to go in with with all that, with all those parameters in there, and to hold yourself that accountable. Anyway, so be willing to go against conventional wisdom. I guess that's one that we'll eventually get to. Uh, toss logic out the window. A lot of times, just accept what is, is. Learn how to sit on your hands. And the hard thing, like I just said, is holding yourself accountable. And that's the beauty of this business is you can do whatever you want, right? And that's the downside of this business. You can do whatever you want. You have to hold yourself accountable. Now, the other thing, as I preach, is you have to get the, the reps in. And that's why I've been so hot on crypto lately, is that it's a great way to get the reps in, so to speak, the trades in without risking a shit ton of money. 
and risking your life savings. I know crypto sounds crazy. It sounds speculative. They're all probably go to zero. But if you take a trader's perspective, you should, you should do just fine. Speaking of crypto, let's shift gears. Let's hop into crypto. And if you guys want me to look at any crypto pairs, I'll be happy to do that. Here's my current portfolio. Green means I've hit the IPT. And I will show you some bad behavior in here under full disclosure. So there's the LCX. It hasn't done a whole lot since I've entered. I may just scratch out of this trade if it comes back below my entry. Link is another one that kind of took off at first, was kind of off to the races. It had a ways to go to get to that IPT. Where is it? I don't have it in here. But, oh, commitment device. Here's another one. Whenever, as soon as I get my fill back from any of these crypto trades, I immediately put that limit order in. If you go back and look at the slides, rewind, look at the slides where I showed that trade, uh, probably was LCX or Link, one of these. You, you'll see that I had the limit order already in place and that limit order was not hit, okay? Just in case it takes off while I'm sleeping. STX is another one. I bought it because it's going up and it's not doing a whole lot. So next week you might see that uh, I've scratched out of these three. Now here's one with some bad behavior. It took off, I got my IPT in and I didn't bother putting a stop and it spiked down overnight. I didn't get stopped on the remaining shares or whatever you call these things. So that's bad behavior. And then I think it was ASM was also really bad behavior, as you can see. But I think on this one, yeah, I've got in right here. This was a prior trade back here. Not sure why I got knocked out of it, unless it hit it and came right back in. But I recently got back in here, hit the IPT, and then you can see it, it did the big spike down right afterwards, but I didn't have a stop in place. And I'm not trying to defend myself because I just didn't bother putting a stop in. But it's a little hard in crypto, and you guys let me know if you if um, you find a way to do this. But if you're taking half your shares off, there's no automatic way to to get your stop to break even that that I've seen so far. SUI, this was one we talked about a little while ago. So far, it's kind of hanging in there. I'm free rolling, so to speak, on that one. And then ENS is coming back down. I'm almost down to break even, and I'll bail out on it if it comes back below the the entry price, at or below the entry price. And then of course the TIA, knock on wood, so far so good. This one I actually have to squeeze in my scale. You can see, got in down here at uh, like $3.12, flipped it out at 370, 380, and then flipped out half. And I actually took some partial profits at 100% and 200% along the way. And I'm still holding on a piece of this. And, you know, here's the deal. If you get the reps in with even small amounts, when you finally catch a winner like this, 300% or whatever this is, uh, 700%, 600%, 700%, it actually begins to add up a little bit. All right, any individual crypto you guys want to look at real quick? Be happy to do that. Now, I don't know when, it, I think it rolls right around time to do the show. So this these numbers aren't exactly the best ones to look at, but if you just sort by the day over day change and then just buy stuff that's banging out new highs, that doesn't have a lot of long tails, you'll do just fine with the relative strength game. And if not a whole lot of stuff is banging out new highs, then maybe there's nothing to do. Also, you wanna take, I mean, this is common sense, but just in case, you also wanna take a look at Bitcoin and use it as a bellwether. So you can see Bitcoin's improved over the last few days. We've got two or three days of Landry Light shape it up. So maybe now's a good time to go in and play the relative strength game with these shit coins, or at the least look to trade some pullbacks like we showed earlier, like I showed earlier. Okay, any, any questions on that? I'm gonna shift gears. I'm gonna go over to the, uh, stocks we'll take a look at the market and then if you guys want to look at some individual issues feel free to start punching them in now let me check in with my youtube brethren i don't want to leave those guys behind um while i'm making the transition to both youtube and go to webinar if you want it to to be more interactive feel free to uh to go to davelander.com slash webinar Okay, Gustavo says, thanks, great tips. All right, thank you, appreciate it.
Do you have one cancels other orders available in crypto platforms? I don't think I do. But yeah, that might solve that might solve the problem. I'd have to think through it a little bit. OCO orders where I guess if you hit the IPT, I don't know. I need to think about that. It's almost like you need one creates the other, right? If the IPT is hit, automatically the place will stop. I haven't seen OCO orders yet in crypto, but if somebody knows a brokerage that has them, please let me know, and I'll be happy to share that. All right, let's take a look at the market. SP 500, bam, didn't set the world on fire. Kind of a narrow range trading, or mostly narrow range, pretty choppy. Oh, you have to buy in two orders. Okay, okay, you have to buy in two orders. All right, let me think about that. What brokerage are you using, John? Uh, Jeff? I say John because Jeff and John are always here, seems like <laughs> two of my favorite people. Anyway, P's are all time highs. I'm not going to argue as a trend guy with that. Yeah, they're a little overbought. Yeah, they do the correct. In fact, the correction would actually be a good thing for the market. Now, as a composite, not quite all time highs but not too far away okay and i wrote it down somewhere i forget what the closing high was i think it's sixteen thousand and change so you can see didn't set the world on fire today quarter percent but that's enough to keep it at multi-year highs the rusty is it bringing up the rear yeah today maybe up a percent and a half but it's still stuck in a stupid wide and loose range and below amount of overhead supply all right jeff says uh ameritrade TD Ameritrade uh, has it on stocks. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the members a while back was noodling with um, with all kinds of orders like that. He put in like all kinds of crazy crazy OCO orders and all, but it, I think he had it figured out. Uh, the I guess there's no need to look at Bitcoin, but you can see the the Bitcoin ETF, and there's there's a dozen of them now. But the GBTC, which is the big one, at least so far. Although one of you guys sent me an article that a lot of uh, money's flowing out of this one and into some of the ones with uh, better rates. But uh, so far, so good on GBTC too. A lot of this move, as I talked about not that long ago, is some of the premium coming off. I think the premium has completely come off of the GBTC. So it had like a 40% premium. So that premium came off and that gave it about 40% boost. Exactly, I suppose. As far as, let's take a look at Q's real quick. Q's are at all-time highs, okay? So Q's are at all-time highs. And as I said, multi-year highs. And knock on wood, uh, bought in at, let's see, probably right there. Nope, on a weekly chart. I got in at 319.49. Yeah, like right here on the weekly chart. So that's, so far, knock on wood, that's been a pretty good trade. Not looking forward to a drawdown of my stop is hit, but so far, so good. Again. Knock on wood. Come in. I need some new jokes. <laughs> Transports. Look at that. Begging out new highs. Okay. All time highs based on, oh, not quite all time highs. Uh, multi year highs. It's all time highs if you look at the transports for the Morningstar industry groups. One of my clients asked me to do more ETF versus uh, the Morningstar sectors. So I've been kind of making that transition between those two, just in case you're wondering. Retail's been doing really well. It pulled back a little bit today, but look at that trend. It's huge, as Tony Elvis would say, right at all-time highs. So that's certainly a good thing. With the queues at all-time highs, as you would expect, software and hardware and the semiconductors. Look at the SIBIs, SMH, begging out all-time highs with lots and lots of vigor. On a pullback, we should see some setups in the semis. So you kind of get the idea. Most areas remain a pretty serious uptrends. Drugs, they got whacked a little today. They came back, but they're just off of all-time high. So that's certainly a good thing. Let's take a look at software. Yeah, I think we just did that. Software is all-time high. So most anything technology-related, doing pretty good in here. And a lot of areas that aren't technology-related, like retail, doing pretty good. And take a look at like finance or financials. You can see, I think they're just off of, nope. They've got a ways to go, but just off of multi-year highs, uh, which were set about a week or so ago. So, so far, so good there. All right. Any individual stocks you guys want to take a look at?
One outcome for the IPT and one for the stop. I got you. Okay, let me uh, let me check in with um, my peeps on YouTube. All right, we're good. All right, no uh, no stocks. It's funny. Well, I guess once we started Facebook group, it sort of eliminated, uh, made the stock stock picking obsolete on the um, for the weekly charts. Okay, well, while we're on impasse, I want to thank everybody for attending. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to be here. Anything unanswered, you can shoot me an email, Dave at DaveLander.com. Leave comments on YouTube. I read all of them, and I answer the ones that require an answer, obviously. To those of you who are not on Facebook, my Facebook group, have a great weekend. Everybody else, I'll see you tomorrow, and may the trend be with you. Thank you so much.